And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here. Uh, it's Friday night. Yes, it's not Thursday. Um, I'll admit, yesterday I was a little under the weather still from Wednesday. Had a, had a family member come in, so we went out drinking and one too many Jamesons for me. <laughs> um, so before we get into the show, because there's quite a lot to talk about uh, fight wise uh, head over to Twitter you could follow me on my personal one at Jimbo ST Sports you can follow the show at ST Sports Podcast and also head over to uh, bellyupsports.com uh, you know I do articles over there plus uh, a bunch of other guys and girls do a lot better articles than I do um, very entertaining people they have some you know uh, t-shirts and hoodies and stuff like that for sale over there as well um, so kind of jumping into it uh, this past week there there was a rumor that came out about a bare knuckle fighting championship might be offering Conor McGregor a mega money deal to fight bare knuckle uh, we'll touch on that a little bit and I'm, I'm curious to see what goes down with that also, uh, I believe it was Tuesday or Wednesday, TJ Dillashaw relinquished his belt after being flagged by the USDA and uh, I believe it was the New York City, uh, New York State Commission, not New York City, um, for PEDs. They did announce what it was, but we will uh, get into that. As well as some some opinions about how that's been kind of going down, um, and then to to finish off the show, you know there was a a UFC fight uh, last weekend, uh, Jorge Mastaval versus Darren Till at the OT Arena. Jorge just knocked out like I, I don't even know how you would want to describe it but just just lights out knockout uh, of Till a little scrum in the back with uh, Leon Edwards so there's a little bit of heat there but all that stuff overshadowed Michael Bisbing being inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame and I've watched him from the get-go from uh, the Ultimate Fighter days so you know we're gonna talk a little bit about him you know should he be in the hall of fame is, is he is his career match up to some of the other hall of famers but um also before we talk about the the whole conor mcgregor thing uh go over to itunes uh spotify tune in google play you can find us there plus past episodes old episodes um some new ones with me and shoulder uh since we're going on about a month and a half now uh, our friend King, who helped me get this show going, some of those old shows are back there. So, and and, and don't be afraid to leave a review or uh, comment on anything. 
because it's the only way we're going to make this show better and, and more entertainable for you guys because you know we may think these topics are what you guys want to hear but we don't know so just you know leave us comments and and um rating and and so head uh so getting into this whole bare knuckle um fighting championship they have a pay-per-view coming up april 6th with artem lobov versus jason knight it's well documented artem lobov is one of conor mcgregor's right hand men if not his top man um and just i think it was two weeks ago bare knuckle fighting championship signed Pauly Malganagi to uh, I, I forget it's, I think it's like a three or four fight contract now it's a bigger name uh, he, you know some of the fighters that he, he's beat in boxing he's a world champion you know so it's not no scrub off the street yeah he's a little older but he's got a name to him so you know and the little backstory that I, I talked about was about the Infamous, did he, you know, did he trip? Did he fall down when Connor, you know, jabbed him? And ever since then, these two have been John back and forth uh, quite a bit. And now a story came out earlier this week that Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship is putting together a mega money deal to try to get Connor to sign and fight Bare Knuckle. Um, some of the quotes that I found. Uh, from Paul uh, Malignaghi was, uh, here, here's one quote, told by Paul Malignaghi that BKFC are preparing a mega money offer to Conor McGregor for a bare knuckle boxing match with him, meaning Paulie. Um, that was from boxing editor Michael Benson. He insists they have more money than people think and also confirmed it's possible he could make his June debut against Artem Lobov, which that's uh, when they signed Pauly, they were shooting for it. it was a, a June fight with somebody. Now, I think that would be tough to have Artem Lobov bounce back and fight just because he, he's fighting in April. It only gives like a month and a half. Even if they do later in June, it's only two months. I don't know how, you know, fighting suspensions, medical suspensions will take into, uh, into account for that. But it's, I think it'd still be a interesting lead-up and stuff like that. Um, another thing that was said was, I don't, th- or I think we'll be able to make him an offer that he didn't even make for the Habib fight. Let's be honest, his base for the Habib fight was only three million, but BKFC can match those numbers and make it worthwhile for him. Then in the end, it'll have to be worthwhile in that. Does he want to take an embarrassing defeat and catch up beating from me? Again, that was from Pauly. I'll tell you what. Um, if if Connor signs, I don't think this is gonna be a good fight. I I, I mean, I think Connor's gonna run through this guy. You know, uh, they they have no boxing gloves on. I think Connor is a quicker uh, quicker with his hands. You know, Pauly may have the the boxing knowledge and smarts, but Speed is a little, a little tougher to um, defend when you're older. Now, I did see 
they also said that they're not going to offer some type of uh, Mayweather type money fight. You know, what was it, like $200 million or whatever whatever they both got. And also, UFC has to sign off on this. Um, so th- th- there's a lot of things here that could complicate this. And it could take some time before this could even go through. Now, I could see if this is really is taking on uh, bare knuckle fighting championship I could see Dana White doing the same thing with these guys that he did with Floyd Mayweather co-promote it um, and then sign off that hey Connor could fight you know one fight two fights whatever because also again even though Dana White and UFC wasn't part of WWE Brock Lesnar was bouncing between fighting and wrestling. I still think there was like a behind the door, you know, gag, uh, you know, type thing where they could, you know, got a cut of pay-per-views or, or whatnot, you know? And so, you know, let, let's, let's humor here for a second and say Connor does sign. So he comes in, fights Paul Maglanagi, destroys him. Does he stick around? Does BKFC try to keep Pony up money? I, I don't think they would be able to afford him in the long run. I think this would be a good one-and-done type fight for BKFC. And, I mean, I don't know where UFC would be the winner in this because they're already a huge corporation they have a huge fan base it's not like bkfc has a huge fan base right now so whoever is watching these guys already already know who conor mcgregor is already know who ufc is they're not ufc's not going to gain many fans by letting their big name prize fighter Go get his, his face smashed in with no gloves and have the potential of an upset. Now, do they try to set up like a like a trilogy type thing where, okay, we'll let you have Connor for one of your pay-per-views if you let us have Paul Maganagi for one of our pay-per-views and, you know, same, same thing. Because the rules are a little bit different with each with each sport, you know, obviously with boxing or with uh, MMA and bare knuckle fighting, it's stand up boxing. You could do that. Only difference is in bare knuckle, you can't take your opponent down to the ground, and ground and pound submissions, you know, things like that. So I always did say there is a one percent chance that Connor signs and the only reason why he would sign is to help put this company on the map and to say hey I was the guy that did that just like Forrest Griffin and Stephen Bonner just like Chuck Liddell back in the day um, Anderson Silva George St. Pierre like all the big names the legends this would be Connor's legend if this bare knuckle fighting championship takes off so I still don't think you know they, they may have the money like uh, Paulie's 
said, but I still don't think they have enough money to sign Connor to at least, even if it's a one, one and done fight. I think the route that they'd be better off going is hoping Artem Lobov wins, which I think he will, because I mean he he's a knockout artist. Have him go against Paul Maganagli, and that fight could set up to be like a. Uh, the Sam Shoemaker and, or not not Sam Shoemaker, sorry, uh, Tony Lopez and Joey Beltran, could be a very entertaining fight and it could be a trilogy. You know, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in the coming weeks with this. But one one thing that we do know about T.J. Dillashaw is he is no longer the bantamweight champion. It was announced, I believe, Wednesday that he was popped for PEDs, steroids, whatever you want to call them. They didn't say what he got popped for. Uh, he, he announced that he plans on um, giving up, up the belt. USADA, they couldn't, uh, they weren't available for comment. Because I think they have like a policy where they can't comment on anything to all parties involved, know about it, um, know what the drug is that they got uh, tested positive for. Um, but they did announce that it's a one-year suspension retroactive to the contest, which uh, was March. I think it was January. I think January is when he fought um, Henry Cujo or... I forget, I forget how you say his name. And also a $10,000 fine. Now, the one thing that's always been kind of following Dillashaw was uh, his former teammate, Cody Gar Garbrandt, has always said that he's, you know, taking steroids and all uh, different types of drugs, uh, pr uh, performance enhancing drugs. And Connor who's not a teammate, has always said that as well. Now, here's, you know, he, he may be, he may not be. We don't know. You know, this could be a simple, didn't know about the one ingredient in there, in the, the, the pill or the vitamin that he was taking that made him test positive. We don't know. But here's my thing, and I understand UFC has to do a better job with the the steroid use but do you guys think it's maybe a little too tough of testing because here it is March and I would say from this March to last March it's almost like once a month someone is getting popped for steroids now I know I I, I Rant about John Jones always testing positive for something. Um, and most of the time it's coke and other illegal drugs. But, you know, back when the TRT, this be before um, the USADA came in and signed the, the agreement with UFC, back when they, they had uh, the TRT, exemptions for like Chel Sonnen and Vitor Belfort 
I, I understand, you know, as you get older, you're trying to replenish those hormones. But it just seems like you're you're kind of tarnishing fighters' careers for just little drug like little drugs that may not even you know affect how strong you get or, or whatnot. Um, even you know testing positive for weed. Listen, we all know how weed goes. You get mellowed out. You're slower. You're just relaxed. What fighters wants to go in there, all slow and relaxed, and then it comes out that say, all right, say he tomorrow there's the fight. It comes out that he tossed, he uh, tested positive March nineteenth, but he's not high the night of the fight. You know, so like I just think we need to scale this back a little bit, really look at it at the you know ingredients what exactly is banned as far as uh, PEDs steroids then once we think okay these are definitely no good bad cannot take them then I think we, we need to you know sit all these fighters down and this goes for for NFL basketball baseball all that stuff too Really, you know, give all the the information and make sure these guys understand these are these are the drugs you're not allowed to take. I understand there's probably fighters out there that take 30 different vitamins. But, you know, vitamin 1 may have ABC ingredient and the D ingredient is banned. And then vitamin 2 has EFG, but the G and the C mixed together kind of makes the the, the D. You know, so it's... it's I, I just think the fighters and, and the athletes need to be more informed of what they're allowed to mix, what they're allowed to take. And I think that would help clear this up a little bit. Because, again, I don't like TJ Dillashaw. But he's a good fighter, okay. Um, I've always liked Chel Sonnen. I've always liked, you know, Dan Henderson. Those two were the, the TRT guys, and they got suspended. Uh, Anderson Silva, one of, one of if not the greatest MMA fighter in UFC history, got popped. What last year was suspended for a year, like. You know, he went all these years, and all of a sudden now, he gets popped. I just think we need to to sit these these athletes down, make sure they understand this is what happens. You know, if you really want to take these vitamins, this is how careful you gotta be. This is what you can't and can do. Now, one fighter that. Never got popped for steroids. Was Mr. Michael Bisping, who is the new inductee to the UFC Hall of Fame, which I know they got they got quite a few guys in there now and, and girls. I think Misha Tate might have been uh, not Misha Tate. Ronda Rousey uh, was the one earlier this year. I wonder if they have 
a Hall of Fame yet, like a like a Canton, Ohio type thing, or is it just at the UFC headquarters? I have to look that up. But so last week during the the UFC fight card over in England at the O2 Arena, it was announced that Michael Bisping would be the the newest inductee into the Hall of Fame. And at first, I was like, why him? I mean, yeah, he was a champion, but what what did he do great? And then, you know, as days went by, you know, I'd be looking at articles about it and, you know, what all went down. And I'll tell you what, you know, he may not have a legend of a record. And yes, he only won the one uh, belt once. But he was a scrapper. I mean, when when he got announced to a fight card, you knew there was going to be a good fight, whether he would win or lose. And the thing with the UFC um, Hall of Fame, there's no voting process. There's no panel of experts that vote these guys in. It just UFC says, all right, you know, you know let's pick this guy for the, the Hall of Fame. Now, the thing with uh, Bisping, who, who's, what you know, what he's known for is he's a scrapper. He may get knocked down, but he'll get back up and he comes back fighting stronger. And that's pretty much his whole career. You know, earlier on in his career after the Ultimate Fighter, he, you know, would string together a bunch of wins, would start sniffing that, that belt, and then stumble and have one bad fight, lose, and have to start all over. He also fought during the TRT period. You know, we were just talking about uh, TJ Dillashaw with the steroids. He also, you know, never took this, well, you know, never tested positive, but had guys like Dan Henderson, Shell Sonnen, Vitor Belfort have the, the TRT exempt, uh, exemptions and would leapfrog over him because they were the better fighters and they put the better shows on. So it wasn't until I think it was last year or the year before when he finally beat um, uh, what was his name? Rock Rockwald to win the belt. Uh, Luke Rockhold. Uh, and he was 37 years old. So again, never got tested positive, or never t- tested positive for steroids, and won a belt at 37 years old. He ended up losing the belt to Saint Pierre, but again, not without a fight. You know, it was it was a, a hell of a fight. And then, uh, I think it was like middle of last year is when he announced his uh, his retirement. And this, I didn't know until I was looking at some uh, some articles about it. He had to retire because he started to have problems in his good eye. Because if you really look at him, you can tell he has one bad eye. He started have issues with the, the good eye. So if you're fighting blind, you're not gonna, one, you're not gonna get a license, but. So, you know, Michael Bisping, entertainer, fire, um, Good career, and hey, at least at least he won the the belt at least once. And 
you know, again, congratulations. And the other thing, too, that was kind of cool is that they did it in England, in the O2 arena, where he's had a couple good fights over there. So to finish off the show, I'm going to do my uh, what seems to be weekly picks for UFC fight cards, which also UFC's, uh, what, three months into the, their deal with ESPN has extended it seven more years and ESPN plus is the sole provider of the pay-per-views which seems like it's the new uh, fad you know you got uh, you got the fight.tv for some wrestling pay-per-views bare knuckle pay-per-views uh, Dazzin is doing a lot of the boxing stuff so this weekend we have USC fight night Thompson versus Pettis and I think starting off the main card is a women's flyweight, Macy Barber versus J.J. Aldridge. I'm going to go with J.J. Aldridge just because I've heard Macy before a little bit, but J.J. I've heard a lot, lot more of. So I'm going to go with her. And then the only fight that uh, is a catchweight because Luis Pena missed weight by two and a half pounds is Luis Pena versus Steven Peterson. Um, I'm hoping Steven Peterson wins just because at least he was the the professional here and made weight. But Luis Pena is, is the bigger guy in this fight, so I think it's going to be tougher. Um, now, you know what? I'm, I'm going to stick with Steven Peterson. Luis Pena, he's good, but I, I think I'm hoping that Maybe Pena wasted a lot of energy and mental, like the the mental part of it, trying to make weight. Where Stephen seemed like he didn't really have a hard time. So I'm going Stephen Peterson over Luis Pena. And then in the flyweight, we have Formiga versus Figueroa. I, I think that's how you say his name. Um, man, both these guys have very complicated names. Um, so I'll go with, uh, Formiga. I'll be honest, I never really heard of either of these guys, but I love the flyway. I love the little guys. Like, they, they put entertaining fights on, so hopefully this one will be an entertaining fight. Then at lightweight, we have John McDissey versus Jesus Pinado. Uh, I'm gonna go with John McDissey with a, a knockout win over Jesus then at heavyweight, this should be a good fight. Uh, this is the co-main event. Curtis Blades versus Justin Willis. Curtis Blades, I think, is going to be a up-and-comer. Well, he's already an up-and-comer. I think he might be the next champion um, soon. So I'm going to go with him with the knockout over Justin Willis. And then the main event in the welterweight division, you got Stephen Thompson versus Anthony Pettis. Listen, Anthony Pettis has been... On a roll lately, Stephen Thompson is, not to use the same phrase, three weeks in a row, is not a, sl uh, a slouch. This has potential to be fight of the year. So I'm going to go with Anthony Pettis. I think this is his one last run because he is getting older. And I'm hoping he, he pulls it out because he's an entertaining fighter. So with some of the, the kicks he does and you know off the cage when he fought Ben Henderson. So let's hope that Anthony Pettis wins because I've been doing terrible with these picks. Uh, 
Uh, not sure if I'm going to be doing, um, you know, a live tweet with you guys because I'll be in Philadelphia all day tomorrow taking my youngest one to his first Flyers game. And then coming home, recording with shoulders to get that show out. So, you know, we'll, we'll be back-to-back uh, shows for you guys. So, with that all being said, uh, if you guys head over to Twitter, uh, Twitter, follow me on my personal one at JimboSTSports. You can follow the show at STSportsPodcast. You can follow shoulders at shoulders underscore bro. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn. Pretty much any of them out there anymore. Um, I, I I have off I have us on. So so till tomorrow. This is your good friend Jimbo. Signing off. <laughs>